Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What is up, y'all? Welcome back to this edition of Claws to the Wall for KTSW Sports. We got a good lineup for you today and a new crew with me here today on staff. I'm your host, your main man, Kobe Jackson. And with me today are my three awesome co-hosts, David Castaneda, Thomas Terry, and my man, Miles Vaughn. We got a good, very good lineup for you guys today. We're going to be digging into some Texas State uh, men's and women's basketball. We're also going to be digging into some San Marcos high school basketball as they currently are now number one in their district right now. And then also, we going to, you know what time it is. It is NFL playoff talk. Okay. So we're going to be digging in into some divisional round recap and predictions for both conference championships. But before we start, but before we get into any of that, today is January 26th of 2023. And this is a significant day in sports history. This was a day that I believe probably shocked not only just the basketball world, but the sports world and people who love this wonderful human being by the name of Kobe Bean Bryant, who him and his daughter, Gigi, unfortunately passed away on this day, along with seven of the members that were on that helicopter crash. And let me just say, this was probably one of the most, uh, I can't even, I can't really begin to describe how meaningful and thoughtful that, you know, this day has significance to me because that day alone probably was probably one of the worst days of my life ever, like ever, ever as a sports fan and as, you know, just being, you know, a human being because Kobe Bryant meant a lot to people with, you know, just in the sporting world and just for, you know, human beings. But, I mean, I want to throw it to you all. I mean, Kobe Bryant was one of those players that could easily, you know, just touch a human, you know, a human's heart no matter, you know, if it's on the court or off the court. But I want to throw it to you all. What are, you know, what does Kobe Bryant mean to you all a I mean, me personally, someone grew up playing basketball, watching basketball. Like it definitely hurt getting that phone call three years ago today. So I mean, yeah, he was definitely like the pinnacle of basketball. When you think of basketball, I think of Kobe. Um, but yeah, definitely hurt today for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking. I mean, that to happen to anybody, but to happen to a legend like Kobe, you know, the guy who's probably the most at the time well-known basketball player not just in the country but in the world and something like that and so horrifying to happen to him is just it's just heartbreaking it almost didn't feel real uh, I can't think of a of another day recently that has felt like that day if I'm being completely honest I agree I mean, it didn't feel real yeah that tragic accident in Calabasas California that was something I believe I was just getting out of church that Sunday afternoon when yeah. I got that notification and my father actually He's a diehard Kobe fan. Oh man! Oh so my God. when I broke the news to him, it was, it was almost like my voice was trembling to tell yeah. him. And it was amazing that somebody that we're not related to, or somebody that didn't even really know us like that, had that type of impact mm -hmm. on us and everything. Right. It kind of made it to where it touched us that emotionally, and not only to him, but to his daughter and to also the other victims yeah. that mm -hmm. were present in the crash. Hundred percent, you know, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was I was actually working I was working in a movie theater when I when I got that notification. And at first, one of my coworkers was like, "Hey, Kobe, like Kobe died." I'm like, 
no, like, you mean like Kobe Bryant? And then first, because my name is Kobe, I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> so I kind of made the joke. Uh, kind of, it was kind of, a, I thought it was a joke, but I'm like, no, because at first TMZ reported it, and then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, you know, you see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, I, I thought, thought it. I thought it was fake. And then, you know, the more reports I saw on Twitter and then CNN started breaking news, Fox, you know, Fox News, it was it was mind-boggling, so I, you know, just dropped, and I'm not gonna lie, I shed a few tears that day. I'm oh, as a grown as as a twenty, you know, as a twenty-three-year-old man, I shed a, I shed a few tears yeah. that day. But I mean, we'll we'll never forget Kobe Bryant, what he has, you know, made an impact not only just to basketball, but to you know a lot of you know everybody in around the world, you know, even overseas when he was playing in the Olympics, obviously with you know LeBron and Melo and you know Chris Paul and all those guys. So you know, he's meant he's meant a lot to a lot of people, especially around the sports world. But I mean, that is a day that will never be forgotten and shouldn't be forget uh, forgotten ever in any in no matter what you go through in sports. Absolutely. Yeah, but. But we're going to go ahead and dig right into it. Texas State, we're going to start with the women's side of basketball things. They are current, They have a really, really good winning record right now as they are currently – sorry, my thing is loading for like a split second. They are currently 13-6 and six on the year. They are currently 5-3 and three in conference. They're 10-2 at home and then 3-4 and four on the road. So, I mean – I mean, this Texas State women's basketball team has really uh, done an outstanding job. You know, Kennedy Taylor and Tiana Eaton, we've been mentioning those two mainly because they were the main, you know, kind of supporters last year. Uh, but, I mean, Texas State has been on a roll, there, but their last game was actually a loss, and we, oh, yeah. I was kind of surprised. There was a loss to South Alabama this past Saturday, and, uh, you know, they're officially in conference play. So, I'm, you know, Miles, I'm going to throw to you first. You know, what do you see in this in this Bobcat team? Um, I mean, I, I definitely see a lot in this women's team. Uh, they're def- After watching them for the past year or two, they're definitely a tough team with Kennedy Taylor and Tiana. Uh, but, yeah, this last – Saturday was definitely a heartbreaker against South Alabama. There was, I think, it was 0-7 mm-hmm. in conference or just overall. And uh, our leading scorers actually were Tiana Eaton with 14, Kennedy Taylor with seven, mm-hmm. and Lauren Thompson with six points. Um, I mean, they played their butts off that Saturday, but I mean, it was definitely a heartbreaking loss by two. Yeah, um, I mean, I got the stats right here, and similar to the men's basketball team that we'll get into later, their uh, defense is really good. They rank second on um, on points allowed at 57, um, but unfortunately towards the middle of the pack in the Sun Belt uh, when it comes to offense. So, like I said, similar to the men's basketball, it's um, – you know, you got to be you got to be on top on both realistically mm-hmm. if you want to be on top of this uh, strong conference. Yeah, I don't think Denasia Hood played in that game either. Thought she did. Yeah, I know they were missing her services in that game, and she probably definitely would have made all the difference in that one oh, there yeah, as the sure. team's leading scorer. So now, yeah, if you want to tune into the game, they played tonight at Old Dominion at five thirty. Yes, and you are correct. They will be playing Old Dominion, uh, one of the newer conferences in the Sun Belt. Obviously, you know, it's gonna be a tough game. It is. It is gonna be because they're actually pretty good this year. You know, and you know, um, before we get to the men's, I kind of want to you know point out that you know we've been talking about you know new teams coming into the Sun Belt Conference. You know, with the addition of you know. Uh, Marshall, the Thundering Herd, who's been really <laughs> significant in sports for many years, and then obviously James Madison <clears throat> moving from FCC to now FBC now, and then um, I'm trying to think who was that? Oh yeah, Old Dominion, like we've mentioned uh, just previously. You know, you know, we're starting to see a trend where like teams from the Sun Belt or teams from like different you know conferences are coming to the Sun Belt, and they're making a big impact 
in any sport, no matter if it's, you know, basketball, baseball, which we'll get into probably later on down the road. But, you know, football, we just saw, you know, this past year. So, I mean, they're making a huge impact for the Sun Belt. Almost definitely. And actually, right after their next game, after tonight, would be that Saturday at home against Southern Miss. And that's also a new opponent that's yeah, coming into the absolutely. Sun Belt. So, it's absolutely a loaded conference, like you said. So, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. Absolutely. So, but you can tune in. We won't be calling, we won't be putting that uh, Old Dominion game on air, unfortunately, but we will be putting the Southern Miss game on air this Saturday. And I believe it's going to be our own Joey Gonzalez and Justin Brown on the call for Saturday's game. So, be sure to to tune in to KTSWNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNNN
I understand it's a three three game loss. I think we can definitely turn around against our next opponent. Um, but like he said, we're out of our comfort zone right now. But I think we can change it in the next few games. Yeah, I want to I want to go off what you said about uh, you know players having to play a role that they're not used to. And I think teams, you know, last week we saw Marshall take advantage of that. They know mm -hmm. that yeah. we're playing, you know, with a man down or whatever. So they start full, uh, full court pressing, you know, the guys who don't usually bring the ball up the court. And, you know, often we we struggle. We struggle when, when we have a press like that, you know. And uh, I don't know. But I don't know what to do. What do you all think? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting, though, on this three-game losing streak, Looking at the averages, we're shooting 38.5% from three, which is pretty good, mm -hmm. pretty good. 43% from the field and averaging about 60.6 points per game. Now, if you compare that to the regular season, just mm -hmm. cumulative, we're averaging 65 points for the year, shooting 42% from the field and 29% from three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what we're doing, it's not necessarily that it's – it's not on the statistical side of things. Mm -hmm. It's more so things of, I guess, hustle and everything. And we're basically just catching some bad breaks here. It's only <laughs> a matter of time, though, before the switch is flipped, I believe. I, I want to ask, do you all think that there's any one particular player that you would like to see step up a little more? Um, honestly, I mean, honestly, like I said before, I think it's more of a team game personally because I'm all about team basketball. If But if there's one thing that, you know, I've – you know, watch uh, for Texas State for a lot of years is that there there always has to be that one player, and I believe Mason Harrell is that answer. Yeah. I personally believe because obviously he was with Caleb Asbury last year. He was kind of like the second go-to guy, so I feel like nowadays he's the num now the number one go-to guy for the Bobcats for right now for basketball. But you can catch. But their next game is going to be against Georgia Southern, and they're actually going to be a tough, tough. Sunbelt Conference team. They are currently 12 and 9 on the year, 5 and 3 in conference, and they are pretty and they are actually pretty scary right now for the Sunbelt, but uh that game will be put on air tonight. Our very own Clint Shields will be on the call for that tonight and they will be at, they will actually be home here tonight. So if y'all want to if y'all have nothing to do on on this night or Thursday night, be sure to go to Strayhand and check out your Bobcats as they take on the uh Georgia Southern for basketball tonight. But we're going to now take a step down from collegiate level, and we're going to head into high school level, and that is the San Marcos High School boys basketball team as they are now officially the top number one team in their district as of yesterday. Actually, excuse me, as of Tuesday, as they got two big-time wins uh, this past week. The first one against Judson uh, on Friday on the 20th, and then obviously this past Tuesday on the 24th against New Braunfels, who actually was tied with San Marcos for district currently, and they broke the tiebreaker that night. I mean, I mean, I've been covering, you know, I've been watching San Marcos sports because I'm actually the local kid out of, you know, out of everybody that's on the staff. So I grew up here. I grew up in San Marcos, and, you know, San Marcos has not been known for sports for a very, very long time. I know I've, I've said that repeatedly on this podcast before. But I'm 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 it's it's so happy I'm so happy and you know blessed to see finally a 
of San Marcos team really trying to you know, get a lot of something going. I know, Miles, you were at the game Tuesday night. It was a packed house. Man. We had, if, from a from a broadcaster's perspective, we had our own, you know, we had our own table when we had to call the game. On the other side, we had, um, I believe it was like an outside source for like for like a San like for San Antonio sports or something mm-hmm. like that. And then on and then to my left, it was not only you know you and Jordan Salas. Uh, for you know, obviously for KTSW Sports, but also our very own Joey, Joey Gonzalez was also there for the San Marcos Daily Record mm-hmm. for uh, f- uh, for that game as well. So we had a lot of a lot of uh, news media out there today or that day or that night, I should say, and you know a lot of cameras there. The fans, it was a sold out. It was I wouldn't say sold out, but I mean it was it a was pretty packed house. And then you know obviously New Braunfels bringing their crowd mm-hmm. obviously as well. So I mean it was it was an unbelievable unbelievable atmosphere and you know San Marcos is now officially the number one team in district right now oh yeah for sure that that game was I haven't experienced a high school game like that since I was in high school actually um with San Marcos playing a really tough team as in the Broncos uh, it was definitely enjoyable um they start off they actually start off hot getting up by 20 <laughs> so um it was definitely a great game to sit down and actually watch so yeah and let's not underestimate the ability that it takes for the coaching staff to oh, have yeah. these guys oh, yeah, out ready, to, ready to fight every single game, night in and night out. You know, at the I think we overlook it at the high school level, the amount of preparation it takes mm-hmm. going up against other teams. Because we're mainly, you know, looking at the NBA and collegiate-wise oh, yeah. and all of that. But at the high school level, you know, these guys these guys are in class. Yeah. <laughs> they have to balance everything with class, everything with their own personal lives, and they're coming out here balling out like they're doing. That's that's an absolutely amazing feat. Yeah, no, I agree. It takes a lot of determination to, uh, like you said, not only from a lot of credit to the players for being able to balance their school lives and, you know, basketball Most but definitely. also with the coaching staff to get to be able to get those guys to be that disciplined for that long and you know build a product that ultimately will now lead them to be number one in the austin san antonio area is just spectacular and i mean i just wish the best of luck to these boys going forward yeah absolutely and the one thing i will i will say before you know we kind of go um you know kind of you know flip the switch a little is that you know and I've said this many times when we're doing, you know, BCR and when we're doing uh, Close to the Wall is that they are in a new district because, mm-hmm. you know, they were in a tough district last year with battling with, you know, Austin Westlake, who's a big time powerhouse in, in football and basketball and then Lake Travis as well. So, I mean, that's a tough that's a tough district to deal oh, with because yeah. honestly, I've I've covered I mean, I wouldn't say I've covered, but I've watched enough Lake Travis Westlake games to know that these dudes will will fight till the very end and they will not they will not quit until like literally the clock hits triple mm-hmm. zeros so you know but at the same time you know ju- and, you know being in a new you know district judson and Steele, we've been talking about them they've been the main powerhouses of you know of sport most predominantly football mostly because you know they've had rich histories of you know possibly making a state run but unfortunately it's been maybe cut short you know, with like semi-state or make it to regionals or quarterfinals. So, I mean, but they've been main powerhouses. But, you know, for some reason this season, they just haven't been that type of team that we've, you know, that we're used to seeing in previous years. So, I mean, but San Marcos overall, and, you know, like we mentioned earlier, Kanan Gums and Malik Presley, both McDonald's All-American uh, nominees, we are still waiting to hear from the, uh, hear the results of that. We have not heard anything yet. We hope to get results to you all very soon. 
Um, but, I mean, what more can you say more about this team? Obviously, Coach Dan Miller, absolutely, you know, like you mentioned, it doing an outstanding job with handling, you know, not only practice, but also games and then classes as well. So, I mean, this group is, a, is an outstanding group. And I know – you know, every time a game like this or like how New Braunfels was, it fan, you know, it brings the community together. It brings everybody, you know, in the San Marcos area, you know, just trying to just trying to it's, it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling, not only as for myself, who's a San Marcos native, but all the people that I have seen that I've grown up with uh, for the longest time. And, you know, honestly, San Marcos has really got got their team really going on. But their next game is another district game. It's going to be against East Central. So they will actually be traveling to San Antonio for that game. Unfortunately, we will not be putting on game that game on air. But we will be putting the San Marcos High School girls game on air. And that's going to be this Friday. We won't really dig into them a little bit. But we'll probably dig in a little bit uh, later. But they will be on KTSW. Our very own Joey Gonzalez and Justin Brown will be on the call. Thomas, did you want to, did you want to add something there? Yeah, I just want to uh, let the people know East Central, they're currently on a four-game losing streak right now. But they are 15-13 and 13 overall. And I also wanted to add that, you know, with this San Marcos basketball team, 23-game win streak, mm. they're going to be coming for blood, you know. Oh, yeah. We, we can ignore kind of the district records because everything is a lot different when you have a winning streak of that caliber. Yeah. They're going to be trying everything, pulling everything out of their bag to try to break that streak. Right. Yeah, 100%. And I and that's a great point that you added because, you know, they haven't lost since November, which is basically pretty much after the Thanksgiving break because they – I want to say they maybe played one game during the break and then they obviously were off for the rest. Right. And then, you know, just, they just kept going and kept winning and kept winning. And, I mean, I mean man, this I can't even – I can't even, like – I have nothing else more to say about them. Like, I, I'm speechless. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yes, yeah, so San Marcos will be playing East Central this Friday at 7 p.m. If you are traveling to San Antonio, the San Antonio area, please be careful because I know downtown San, you know, downtown San Antonio is horrible at 5 o'clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is horrible. So mm-hmm. just be careful. But we will be putting on the San Marcos High School girls basketball team as they will also be taking on East Central. But it will be here with our very own Justin Brown and Joey Gonzalez on the call. So be sure to take a listen on KTSW 89.9. But that is going to do us do it for us for local news. So now we're going to be transitioning into the best time of the year <laughs> for football fans. And that is the NFL playoffs as we just finished up the divisional round this past weekend. And let me just say, I am surprised and I'm not surprised. We're going to start off with the not surprised part because I know, Miles, I know you're a diehard Cowboys fan in this room. Oh, and man. and let me just say, Cowboys took a beating that day. Dallas Cowboys took on the San Francisco 49ers in a deep, I would say, defensive slugfest in my book because it was low scoring. They had a lot of a lot of crazy things happening. But the one thing that struck me the most was that – Ezekiel a was playing center. <laughs> oh, I had to bring that up, but I mean, Miles, I'm going to throw it to you first because I know you're probably just in pain and agony. But I mean, where do you, where, where do you where do you see with the Cowboys right now? I don't. As of now, I don't know. Um, <laughs> definitely, Sunday was definitely a hard game to watch. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it, with it being a defensive game, it being nine to nine, the nine to twelve most of the game. Um, but when it came down to the wire with this punting with two minutes left, I was like, what are we going to do? There's nothing – we can't do anything. And then with them putting Zeke at center was crazy. But <laughs> I, at that point, I knew he was going to lose. I was like, okay, you know what? 
I turn off the games as well. <laughs> and I knew people was going to clown me. So oh. <laughs> just know um, in about eight months, it's back up. Mark my words on that. <laughs> Next year is y'all's year? Yeah. Oh, Next God. year. I Next swear. year. This is, it's, it's like a recycling wheel, I swear to you. Eight it's, months from now, mark my words. Man. I'll bring this up, too, in eight months. <laughs> Thomas. Yeah, but it, I, don't, I don't think it's that surprising because mm. something that I've noticed that um, – that a lot of uh, analysts have said is that the team that rushes the ball the most or gains the oh, most wins. rushing yards wins the game. Mm-hmm. So if we go back and look at Dallas's rushing stats, they had 22 carries for a total of only 76 yards. That's three and a half yards per carry. That's, yeah. that's not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Compared to the 49ers, they had 32 rushes for 113 yards and a touchdown. So when you look at the type of weapons that they had, they were just unable to – fully contain or I should say outrush them because you know <laughs> like it was a defensive slugfest all yeah. together so yeah. they weren't able to outrush them and I think that was their ultimate demise in losing that game. Yeah, and, what, and one quick thing, I'm glad you mentioned that because keep in mind, Tony Pollard only played like the first quarter and then yeah. he got hurt for the rest of the game and he That's was out. Right. So, I mean, in all fairness, honestly, if Tony Pollard could have you know, played, I honestly think Dallas maybe possibly, and I mean possibly, could have No, we would have. You, yeah. You're that confident? <laughs> yeah. Possibly, I'm gonna still say possibly could have won could have won the game, and like I said, like legitimately possibly, like maybe like this much. I'm serious, but I mean, you know, and it, it is what it is. You know, injuries happen. You know, it's it's part of it's part of football. You know, and unfortunately, Dallas is a you know officially one and done on the year. But now I'm I'm gonna ask this question because I know you're kind of skeptical on you know kind of cowboy media, I should say. Do you think that Cowboys need a new quarterback, yes or no? No. No? No. You don't think so? I think we're set. I don't I don't think we need a coach uh, a quarterback change, even though Cowboys Nation they're like wanting a new quarterback. I don't think so. I think we need to change the running back. I think so. I, as I it's, in, it's, a, it's a crazy take, but I think so. As in getting Zeke, rid of Zeke. Okay, I, I, think, just, I, I just think, want to get that no, clear. I think, I think he's the problem most of the time simply because Tony Pollard is taking most of the carries. The like, carries, yeah. Yeah, and then you throw in Zeke just to get the touchdown. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. I know it sounds yeah. crazy. No, but that's not that's not, that's not a bad, that's yeah, not a yeah, bad take at all. It really isn't. Um, it really isn't. Yeah, I feel like – Tony, and I've said this before to my friends, I feel like Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke. The only mm-hmm. thing 100%. that Zeke does better is block and the short yardage situation. And I mean, get not when more. he's a center. Yeah. Not when he's <laughs> a center. Not for real, man. <laughs> man. And, and it's crazy because, I mean, what Zeke's contract is what? 14 mil a year yeah, or yeah. something like that? Something like that, That's yeah. crazy, dude. I that is crazy numbers to, to be blocking. I know, man. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather pay Pollard that much. Essentially be a, sh- a fullback. Oh, like, for real. I don't know. But it's interesting you posed a qu- quarterback question. I don't know. Jerry Jones is going to be losing a lot of sleep over the next few weeks <laughs> dealing with this situation that they're in right now. But you have to pose the question, how can a quarterback that missed five games due to injury still lead the league in interceptions? That's and crazy. Wow. That is, yeah. That's crazy. Throw multiple yeah. interceptions in You're a divisional wrong. round game. Yeah, I mean, you have a you have a good point because, you know, I you know, Dallas has I don't want to go too. Uh, I don't want to rant about Dallas too much, but I mean they've had moments where they have you know made the playoffs. Obviously, you know guys like Tony Romo, who I still think is one of the all-time great Cowboy quarterbacks. No, I'm sure. just gonna say that outright. But 
you know, but the dude was smart up here, but just could not do it on the field. It's mm-hmm. it's one of them type of things, and I'm just gonna say it outright. Des caught that ball. No, he did. He I'm did. just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> he did. No, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying. But you know, him being a backup to Dak Prescott when Dak was in his rookie year, and then obviously when Zeke was in his rookie year. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I think that's a lot of you know tutelage for for Romo to hand, to give Dak. But no, I honestly sure. do believe that. And this is what's crazy is that there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on in Dak's personal life right now because yeah. you know I'm not really gonna get into I'm honestly not gonna really get into that but um, but I mean I think he's trying to really kind of focus on you know trying to get back to the game that he loves instead of dealing with his personal life so that that could be a possibility but we never know but the 49ers are officially in the conference championship against another NFC East team, NFC East team hmm. in the Philadelphia Eagles as they took down single-handedly the New York Giants final score of 38 to 7 i mean i what do y'all have to say about this Eagles team i i know you're probably hating it cuz as a as a Cowboys fan i know Cowboys really don't like don't, the Eagles at I, all I, man I don't want to talk about that. The <laughs> only thing I'm glad, only thing I'm proud of is that three out of the four of the NEC East teams yeah. were in the playoffs. But uh, I mean, I'm happy for the Eagles. I'm not, but I'm happy. Uh, I'm hoping the 49ers come through this upcoming weekend. But it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, with the let's let's tip our hats to the New York Giants. They did 100. They did the. I guess they were considered an underdog in the wild card matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for me. Not for really. Me. <laughs> really. I had the Giants. I had the Giants winning that. Like low key, for real. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins cannot get it done. I'm sorry. He really can't. The dude can have an unbelievable regular season, but just cannot get far in the playoffs. He literally can't. And it's been like that really since he was what was once was the Redskins at one point. But now, but but I mean. As a Viking, no, he can't get it done. He seriously can't. But, I mean, going back to your point, I mean, going back to your point about um, uh, the Giants making it, I am, I'm really Probably. happy that they did make it because I know they haven't been in the playoffs really, honestly, since uh, I want to say since Odell and yeah, Manning still. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, so they they haven't been in the playoffs in a while. But the, I know their last playoff run that won the Super Bowl obviously was against Brady and uh, the <laughs> Patriots, which I still can't believe Eli still did those two but um but yeah the giants made it but unfortunately just ran into an eagles team who honestly has probably been the favor out of this whole nfc the whole nfc i mean i know the 49ers kind of kind of have something to say about that but i want to ask y'all i mean this is going to be a really interesting game between the niners and and the eagles do you think the eagles have a chance to possibly run it back in the super bowl um I don't know this i've been thinking about this game you know since the matchup got made and i really cannot make up my mind um <laughs> the 49ers defense is heavily slept on and i think they proved that against the cowboys because like i said i'm not a cowboys fan but i will advocate for them you know they did their thing this season you know as, as much as we as, as much as we talk about bad for their their performance this last week they did their thing this season you know and I don't know. It's it's really a toss up for me. I would not put my money on it. You know, <laughs> uh, uh-uh. I don't know. I'm interested in y'all's thoughts for sure. I think it boils down to how well Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw the ball. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, as we saw in the Dallas game, Dallas versus San Francisco. San Francisco was able to kind of contain the run to a you know pretty good standard there, and 
we don't know if the Eagles are going to be able to run all over San Francisco like they did the Giants, you know, posting 268 <laughs> rushing yards. It's crazy. <laughs> but I believe it'll boil down to Jalen Hurts, how well he's going to be able to target his receivers. Is Devontae Smith going to step up? Because we know A.J. Brown is going to show up. Is Dallas Goddard going to do his thing? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, Zach Pascal, even the other guys, that sh- I should say other guys. Other guys. <laughs> But are they going to be able to step up and make a big play when needed? No, I, me personally, I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. It, it kind of contradicts what I said about the 49ers, about them coming through. And all honesty, I think the I think the Eagles might run it back to the Super Bowl. Me personally, I, I hate I hurt it hurts to say that, but <laughs> uh, I think they will. I would honestly root for another NFC East team to come to the Super Bowl. So. Um, yeah, another long story, low scoring game. I see them playing the Chiefs, but we'll talk about the AFC in a sec. We'll talk about that in a sec. Well, for me personally, I mean, you can like David, like you said, you can literally flip a coin on this game because both of them are, I would say, they're evenly matched as far as defensively goes. But for I don't know for some reason, I have a, I just have a strange feeling that the Niners are just going to pull this out with Brock Purdy, who has not Man. lost an NFL game yet in since he has been a starter. So. But, I mean, but we've had a lot of superstitions in, in these playoffs, you know, and we'll get to the AFC in a minute. But, well, actually, we're going to dig into AFC right now. But, I mean, yeah, 49ers. So, okay, so I'm guessing you're picking you're picking the Eagles, right? Yeah, I got the Eagles. Okay, so you're picking the Eagles, and you can't pick a game right now. If I – honestly, I'll go 49ers just because of go the 49ers? defense. Yeah. I'm going 49ers because Christian McCaffrey is going to have 150 rushing yards. Damn. Wow. Okay. All right. I like it. I'm going to give me 49ers, but I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty close. I I think maybe, and this is a maybe, I think it's probably going to go to overtime, I think, Mm. personally. But that is the NFC. So the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing. You can catch that game on Fox at th- around the 3.30, or 3 o'clock, 3.30 mark. And be sure to you know tune in. But we're going to now transition into the AFC side. And we're going to go ahead and start off. We're going to save, I think, the real stunner game for last. But we're going to start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs as the Jaguars made the playoffs and came back from a 28 28- to or tw- excuse me, twenty-seven to zero deficit against the Los Angeles Chargers to get to the divisional round against the Chiefs, and I mean, looking at this game between you know the Chiefs and the Jags, I know David, me and you were you know we were watching that game live. I mean, Jags hung in there, and yeah. I was pleasantly, I was more surprised that it was a lot closer because honestly, I thought the Chiefs were probably just going to blow them out the water like I expected it to be, but. The Jags hung in there close, and I was I'm I'm happy that they made the playoffs. I'm happy that they won the division, but I mean the Chiefs just doing their thing like always. Mahomes, you know, just throwing it around. But the one significant note is that Mahomes did get hurt, and yeah. he has a high ankle sprain. So I wonder if that's going to take in an effect. But I want to throw it to you guys. You know, what do y'all, you know, what did y'all think of this game? Yeah, I think um, I think when you talk about how close that game was, you obviously have to consider Mahomes' injury to his ankle. Was it his ankle? Yeah, it was. It was his ankle. Yeah, yeah. and um, but you know, at the same time, you can't take away from the Jaguars that that comeback against the Chargers. I mean, that was crazy. That's you one. Know? It's and, one for the books. Yeah, and you you talk about a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence to be able to get that done. I mean. You just got to give them all the credit in the world. At the same time, the Chiefs, you know, they're still there. Uh, fifth consecutive AFC yeah. championship game. That's crazy. I mean, we don't talk about that enough. Oh, my God, but, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I literally had to count on my fingers, yeah. like, 2018, 2019. Yeah. And, oh and my I, God. I think if he was able to 
close out, not to disrespect or anything, in the Super Bowl, we would be talking about it a lot more, kind of like we did with Tom Brady on the Patriots. But um, yeah, I mean, you just got to give respect to, it's got to give respect to the Chiefs and what they have done. As a Steelers fan, that was some bad memories. Ooh, that was <laughs> yeah. some bad memories. Yeah, we. I like, you know, tipping your hat to Trevor Lawrence and his Jaguars team for even making it this far. We got to remember they were picking number one overall in the draft last mm-hmm. year picking yep. Trayvon Walker number one overall. So for them to be able to have came back and beat the Los Angeles Chargers in the wild card matchup, going on to this game and hanging in there with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think you also have to give a lot of credit to uh, not first-time head coach, but first-year head coach Doug, Doug Peterson, Peterson. Yeah, which man. is also a coach of the year finalist. Yep. So Who's who's the others? Is it uh, – Brian Dabble. Yeah. And then, have, is it Dan, uh, and Dan Campbell? Also or no? No, he's not in the running. Really? No. Wow. No. Yeah, wow. I'd have to look that's at crazy. the I'd have to look at the uh, list again, but okay. I know off the no top worries. of my head, Brian Dabble, okay, Doug Peterson, you know those guys. I of think course. Doug Peterson deserves it for sure. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Yeah, fourteen. You know, picking number one overall, <laughs> making the <laughs> yeah. playoff. That's all. That's what you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's exactly that. what you want. But uh, <clears throat> back on back onto the Chargers and uh, uh Jags game. That was a great game. Um, 100%. Great. I remember seeing that game at, at, at Pluckers, um, and <laughs> sorry, I remember not a sponsor. Yeah, I was not sponsored, <laughs> but uh, I remember seeing it at Pluckers, and man, I was like, I told my friend, I was like, they're not coming back. They're not gonna come back. <laughs> Next time, three minutes later, they're back up. They're back up. So. Um, but that hats up to the Jags, like y'all said. And but it's gonna be a good AFC championship for sure. Yeah. And oh, go ahead, Thomas. Oh, I just want to go ahead and mention the other three finalists. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Bills, Sean McDermott. Okay. Eagles, Nick Sirianni, and 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. Real? Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to go back to what you said about the Jaguars picking number one, and all of a sudden being not only in the playoffs but past the wild card. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> it reminds you a lot about. The next team that Kansas City is facing. Yes, indeed. And I honestly think this was probably the stunner of all stunners in any playoff game. And that is, it was the Bang- uh, Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Buffalo Bills. And let me just say, I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. Yep. I'm so serious. The final score of this game was Bengals 27, Bills 10. Let me rephrase that. 27-10. So, in my – oh, my goodness. Where do I begin with this? Because, like <laughs> – you can it's start with the fact that in the beginning of the game, when I turned it on, my roommates had told me the Bills have yet to get a first down. Yeah. <laughs> the first quarter was over. Oh, yeah. 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 So they, they failed to get a first down in the first quarter. You're not, you're well, heck, they failed the to score in the first quarter because <laughs> it was 14 nothing in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden it just kind of just carried on for the rest of the game. But, I mean, we've been talking about – Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and obviously Patrick Mahomes, probably the top three quarterbacks in the league. Honestly, I think Josh Allen probably just took a step down after that beating mm-hmm. he just took from Joe Burrow. But the one thing I do want to note about this is that, you know, when we're talking about this Bengals team, we're talking about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, in his past four years, has been just a football phenomenon. You know, going, to, you know, beating Clemson in in the national championship with LSU. And then being drafted number one overall pick, and then obviously getting hurt his rookie year. That's that was obviously unfortunate. And then, you know, beating a really tough playoff teams and you know the Raiders and the Titans and you know obviously the Chiefs last year, and then obviously Super Bowl runner up, runner up to 
uh, what was the Rams. Yeah. And then obviously, and now this year going into the playoffs again with another chance to make it to another Super Bowl. I mean, this dude is, he just wants to win and you can't really take that away from him. However, on the other side of things, Josh Allen just once again cannot make it to, you know, a Super Bowl. I know, you know, last year, the honestly probably one of the best divisional games in my, at least in my lifetime oh, yeah. that I've ever seen between the Bills and the Chiefs was honestly the closest he has gotten to the Super Bowl. I mean, other than the whole AFC Championship blowout in the COVID year, which we won't we won't discuss that because we already know how that game ended. But, <laughs> I mean, are we starting to see a decline of Josh Allen now as far as his playoff run? Um, maybe. Um, I'm kind of seeing a little bit of Kirk Cousins going. <laughs> go Wait, so you you say, so you're saying that Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins could possibly be the same? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. I, I think I think he's <laughs> I think he's a better quarterback overall than Kirk. Oh, 100. Um, percent That's not even not even close. I hate to say it though, because I, I had <laughs> I had uh, Josh Allen as my fantasy quarterback, so I hate to say it, but I mean that's just. That's just a game of football, like I, everyone says it. Yeah, I was actually listening to the Bills GM uh, talk, and he was talking about, you know, comparing them to Cincinnati. And, you know, he said, and I don't quote this, but he said that he doesn't want to suck bad enough to be able to draft Jamar Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand what he's talking about here uh-huh. because, you know, with those guys, you look at Cincinnati like he was talking about the Bills GM. He was mm. saying that the uh, Cincinnati team has a lot of guys on rookie contracts. Their yeah. quarterback, star mm-hmm. quarterback, is on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. One of the best wide receivers in the league, Jamar Chase, on a rookie deal. Yeah. And so when you look at guys like that, when you're able to structure your team and go deep, you got to be able to have some, I guess, some financial room to move around. Mm-hmm. And yep. when you look at that Bills team, paying Stephon Diggs all the money, Josh Allen all the money, you know, you're going to have some handicaps. Uh-huh. And 100%. we definitely saw that in this game where they were handicapped a little bit. That's a that's a really good observa- observation, actually. I've never really thought of it that way. Because nowadays, I mean, guys come out from college ready to play. We oh, saw yeah. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, just two examples right there. You're really right about that because they don't have to pay those guys next to anything. They're one of, like, the least paid players on the team. Right. And they have the chance to – not only in that offseason, I think that's why we saw the Jaguars and the Bengals in that offseason at the same time draft a really good talent Absolutely. As, mm-hmm. as well as be able to pay these guys in free agency to get ahead of all these other teams. And it's, it's pretty weird how that's worked uh, in the last couple years. I mean, that's that's the NFL for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, just I mean, looking at the game overall, keep in mind that these two teams were supposed to play on Monday night, and then obviously the whole situation with DeMar Hamlin happened that still was was just ridiculous. But remember remember this, that if the Bills would have won this game, they would have played in a neutral site in Atlanta at Merce- uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta against the Chiefs. So – but I love what Joe Burrow said after in, in his mm-hmm. interview when he said when he said send all them refunds. <laughs> that to me was like the defining moment. Like yeah, this yeah they ain't no joke. Like, Bengals ain't no joke now. Zero, hundred percent. I love the sound bite too from uh, cornerback Mike Hilton from yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals talking about let's go to Burrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> As that's a good point. People who don't know Arrowhead Stadium yeah. is where the or <laughs> is where the game yeah, will be played. Right. Yeah, and um. They have won the the Bengals have won I think the last three or four times three times 
in three, three and zero against the Chiefs. So wow. you know, they pull it out a fourth time. That's to be determined. That will be to be determined. So now, the Bengals and the Chiefs, round four. They're in Arrowhead once again, and they did play earlier on in the year, and the Bengals won at home. But they're in Chiefs' kingdom once again. So, I mean, are we looking at the same game that possibly we saw last year? Because last year when these two played, I mean, Kansas City was all over them in the first half, and then typical Bengals making that defensive adjustments in the second half and just completely dominating the second half. And overtime, and then obviously the whole overtime rule changed, which I still don't. I still don't believe why they did, but you know it is what it is. I ain't gonna complain about it no more. But I mean, it's a new. I mean, it's a new season. It's a new year, and we're getting round four. So um, I mean, I gotta ask you, who wins this? Who wins this time? I mean, it's round four, and it's gonna be close in my book. So who wins it? Um, even <laughs> even though I said Chiefs, I was just playing. I got the Bengals coming through. Um, Joey B is going to come through with uh, Jamar Chase. So that's my prediction. I got them winning by 10 against the Chiefs. By 10, okay. Yeah, I believe that the – I think it all comes down to how healthy is Patrick Mahomes going to be. Yeah. You know, uh, he's a quarterback who can – he can stand in the pocket to make throws, but mm-hmm. he also – something that elevates his game so much is being able to be mobile and move around the pocket, escape the pocket if need be to make those crazy <laughs> throws that we know is – you know, those Mahomes throws. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the Bengals win it if Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy enough. If Patrick Mahomes is somehow miraculously 100% healthy, then I think the Chiefs go ahead and get that one. But I'm going to have to go Bengals on this one. Yeah. I mean, you're right about the um, <clears throat> the mobility of Mahomes being, like, his primary factor. And I think he said before he actually likes throwing out of the pocket better. So if he can't – if he – if he doesn't have the chance to do that, you know, how effective is he going to be against this really good Bengals defense who just oh, yeah. stopped one of the best offenses, you know, in the league? Absolutely. Um, and also, it's really hard to pick the Chiefs over the Bengals without Tyreek Hill this time, you know. I mean, if they couldn't do it with Tyreek Hill last time, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I agree. So, oh, wait, so Super Bowl predictions, you said 49ers, Bengals, or right? 49ers yeah, right Bengals? now I got 49ers. 49ers and Bengals, without a doubt. 49ers, Bengals. 49ers, Bengals. Damn, y'all took my pick. Because honestly, I said this even before the playoffs <laughs> even started. I said, why? I said, 49ers, Bengals, probably going to be a real interesting Super Bowl. But the one that I do, and before we get out of here, the one thing I do want to know is that if somehow the Eagles do make it, and if the Chiefs make it, we're talking about an all Texas quarterback Super Bowl. Because mm, yeah. Mahomes played at White House, Texas. Jalen Hurts came from Houston, Texas. Houston. So. It's time. I mean, that would be a real interesting treat if we have an All-Texas Super Bowl. That'd be that'd be just wild. But, I mean, my prediction is going to be 49ers-Bengals. I'm going to keep saying that because that has been my prediction since the playoffs have started, and I'm going to stick with that <laughs> really? still. Yes, I have stuck it's with good. that still, and it's, so far it is working <laughs> to perfection. I hope it continues, hopefully. But, I mean, that was that's all we got for y'all today. I mean, if any, any last words y'all want to say before uh. we get out of here? No, not really. Just 
if you would have told me five years ago that it would have been the 49ers and the Bengals, not that it's going to be, but the 49ers <laughs> and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, I would have thought you had lost your mind. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But that is going to do it for us for Claws to the Wall here on this uh, on this Thursday afternoon. Thank you, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson. With me is my awesome co-host, David Castaneda, Thomas Terry, and Miles Vaughn. You guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy. NFL Conference Championships, and we will catch y'all next week. Have a good day, everyone.